Oh my gosh, it's your girl. It's me. It's Nikki Nicole. It's we're back. It's season two. Are you guys ready for it? I'm back, y'all. I'm back. Oh my gosh. Like, woo. It has been a really good and well need, well needed break. I've I've had to get some things together. I've been working on other projects, including another podcast that I'm definitely going to tell you guys about when the time comes. Uh, but it literally has nothing to do with movies and television, but does also speak to an expertise um, that I have cultivated over several years of working in the industry. So I will tell you about that when the time comes. But right now we are here on the Obsessible Podcast. It is episode one of season two, and we are here to talk TV and movies like you would with your besties. Um, that's what we do over here at Obsessible. It's just like having a conversation with your best friends, your closest girlfriends, your booze, your bays, your colleagues, you know, your peoples. And, you know, if you listen to this podcast, then we are officially best friends for life. Once again, I'm your host, Nicole, also known as Nikki, to my besties. And... Welcome. If you haven't had an opportunity to take in season one and season one B, which was dedicated to all things Wheel of Time, I highly suggest that you go back and do that. Listen to the first season. It's about 10 episodes. And season one B that's dedicated to the Wheel of Time is about eight episodes. Because, oh, no, it's actually less than that because uh, it's about five. So um, yeah, jump in, take a listen. Let me know what your thoughts are. You can hit me up uh, by email at Nikki at Obsessible um, dot CA. I believe that's what the email address is. And if I am wrong, I will correct that. But <laughs> you, you, I don't email myself. So come on, like y'all got to forgive me on that one <laughs> for not knowing. So let's talk about what we're going to talk about on this episode. It's March of 2022. Uh, we are in the second week, heading into the second full week of the month. And March this quarter period actually, but March through to uh, April is going to come with some heavy, 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 heavy hitters. And I ended the last season by telling you everything that was coming up and all the things that you guys should be excited for. So I thought I would start this season the same way, but I'm actually just going to focus on the month of March because there's just like some boom, 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 major shows coming to streaming services this month. And so that is what we're going to focus on in this episode. So before I continue, don't forget to like, don't forget to subscribe. If you are listening from a platform where you can comment, feel free to comment, reach out, ask questions, let's chat, let's make this a two-way conversation because, you know, for the most part, it's a monologue. Um, but we're cool with that. I mean, I like talking to myself, clearly. Anyway, <laughs> You know what the drill is. We do what's up now, what's up, what's up now? <laughs> what's up, what was up? How come I don't know my own segments? What was up, what's up now, and what's up next? And we do that for movies and television. And then we do what's happening in Hollywood. And then we wrap it all up with tweets in a segment called Twitter Me Laughing. So... For my what was up, what's up now, and what's up next segment, I'm just going to be talking to you guys about what has dropped already, what's about to drop, um, what is 
out now and uh, what is about to drop all for the month of March, all for each of these different streaming services, what shows, and these are basically all the things I'm definitely going to watch and that I'm actually really, really excited to see. So I hope that you agree. I hope you're excited for these shows. Also, also, please note that I'm going to be doing an individual show review just like I did for the Wheel of Time, but this time for another one of my all-time favorite shows, which is called Outlander. Droughtlander has officially ended, and therefore what we need to do is get into this Claire and Jamie drama that is happening in season six. We are returning to Fraser's Ridge. I don't know if you guys are excited about that, but I am super, super excited about that. And was, uh, I've already watched the episode like one and a half times because I missed the opening, like the first half, of, like the first 30 minutes. So I went back and watched that again. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop the, a review of the first two episodes of the season. That will be the next episode. And then from there, I'll do weeklies for Outlander while I'll intermix all of this other stuff that I usually give you all this good stuff. I have to definitely say shout out to the Wheel of Time fans because y'all in this break that I've had, y'all have kept the downloads going. I mean, for my Wheel of Time review episodes, y'all have really stepped up and been there for me for, for a sister, for a fellow Wheel of Time fan. And I am just so grateful. So thank you. We are almost at 300 total downloads for my podcast, which is not a big deal to other people, but a very, 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 very big deal for me. Okay. We are excited about that. And we are very grateful. And by we, I mean me, 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 the host, Nicole, very grateful. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for coming back to listening. Thank you for listening to one episode and then downloading the next and downloading the next and downloading the next. So Thank you. I guess you guys like to listen to me and I appreciate that because it's just me talking to me. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. It's that time. You know what to do. Now you know who I am. If you haven't been here before, it's your girl, Nikki. This is what we do. We get comfortable to listen to Obsessible. We go get snacks. We get a drink. We cozy up in our favorite chair. Maybe we go for a drive. Maybe you go for a walk. I don't know. But whatever it is that you do while you're listening to your favorite podcasts, this one, Obsessible, you do that. All right? In any case, let's get this party started. All right, all right. So let's 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 do this here. Okay? For what was up, I already talked to you a little bit about this, and that is season 6 of the show Outlander. And if you're not familiar, Outlander is a show that premiered um on the Stars Network. So if you're in the US, you can get it on Stars. If you're in Canada, Typically, when there's a Stars production, you would get that from Crave, but not Outlander. Outlander is actually broadcast on the Women's Network, so W Network, in Canada. And it airs at 9 p.m. every Sunday. So the show premiered uh, season six on March 6th, and we returned to Fraser's Ridge. Um, basically, 
if you remember at the end of season five, there was a very huge run-in with the Browns of Brownsville. And that left Claire assaulted and having to deal with the trauma of her assault. Jamie being the gangsterism that he is and just all out just doing the most for Claire, which this is why we love Jamie, right? Because you play with Claire, you playing with the wrong one. He will, that man will burn the world to the ground for that woman. And I'm here for it. It's really the love story that drew me in, but I'm not going to get, do a deep dive on it now, because like I said, I'm going to do weekly reviews of each episode, starting with the first two episodes after episode two airs, which is this Sunday. Um, we also saw the return of Brianna and Roger and little Jemmy from what was supposed to be their foray back to the future. Um, if you're not aware, Outlander is a... Hmm. I wanted to say fantasy, but it's really not fantasy. It's more science fiction, but also historical fiction at the same exact time. And it's based on a series of novels written by Diana Gabaldon. I hope I did not butcher her last name, and I'm pretty sure I certainly did. Uh, please forgive me, especially those who are diehard Outlander fans and are listening. are like, oh my God, that is not how you pronounce her last name. I will get it together for when I start the reviews. I promise. I will know the pronunciation. But nonetheless, the show is based on a series of her novels and uh, the series of her novels called Outlander. In any case, the main character, her name is Claire. She discovers that she's a traveler by accidentally touching these stones in the Highlands of Scotland when she's on a trip with her husband and she falls back in time 200 years. And it's just mayhem and intrigue and love and chaos. And it's amazing. <laughs> It's amazing. It's a great, 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 great show. Um, and it's incredibly sexy, very sexy show. But also, uh, I, I'm just here for the love story. That's what I showed up for. And that is what has kept me watching um, all these years at this point since I discovered it. So for what was up, that's the first show, Outlander season six, currently airing on Stars in the U.S., and in Canada on W Network at 9 p.m. on Sundays. Look out for my weekly reviews coming starting after episode two. For what's up now, we have season five of The Last Kingdom, which is a return to... Okay, so on Netflix, by the way. So let me just say that. So The Last Kingdom is uh, also, I think, a BBC or ITV, one of the two, uh, import. And it is basically about a Saxon, like, yeah, a, a Saxon noble raised by Vikings and uh, his trying to traverse the two cultures and the loyalties that are kind of like established. But it's basically about medieval England before it's England. So we're talking about very ancient kings and um, um, specifically Edward. It starts with Edward and uh, his dream of a, of a united king uh, of a of a united England and all of the drama that ensues between the different factions and high ranking lords. And then you have the Danes and and their um, basic conquest. So there's constant conflict and constant. Uh, 
machinations and intrigue and yes. So it's uh, basically a period piece historical drama. So it's a historical drama. Um, and it's that that's called The Last Kingdom. And I started watching The Last Kingdom right after, or no, not right after, like in between Game of Thrones seasons. And I just needed something to satiate me because I was like, it was like a year and a half I was waiting between seasons and I needed something that felt familiar. <laughs> um, and so I started watching The Last Kingdom as a recommendation from one of my cousins and uh, enjoyed it and definitely have continued watching and have always looked forward to a new season. And so here we have the fifth and final season of The Last Kingdom, which dropped on Netflix this week on March 9th. And so the entire season, 10 episodes, is currently airing. And so we have to just say welcome back, Uhtred of Bebenberg, because he is a warrior and you're going to love him if you've never watched that show. So that's for What's Up Now, The Last Kingdom on Netflix. So for what's up next, this is the biggest part of this segment. This entire episode is not going to be terribly long, but uh, this segment is the largest of the entire show. Let's talk about what's up next. In order of release, Top Boy Season 2 is going to drop on Netflix on March 18th. We get to return to London, the streets of London, and find out what is going on with the OGs, and the youngins who have come in and tried to make a name for themselves. Um, I definitely have to do a recap of the first season because I really am kind of like a little bit like, mm, I don't quite remember, but that's partly because I consume so much <laughs> in between these shows airing that I'm just kind of like, it pays to do a rewatch of a previous season before a new season starts. I would highly recommend it, even if it's just the last couple of episodes of the previous season, just so that you can reacquaint yourself with the characters and the storyline and what their conflicts, their major conflicts are. Because, like, let's be real, there's a lot of content. And that's also part of the reason why I took a longer break, because I'm literally overwhelmed. I have never in my history of my life as the TV lover and movie lover that I am, been overwhelmed by television and I am overwhelmed. There is just so much content that I'm just like, sometimes I just rewatch things that I've already seen because I'm just like, I don't even know. I don't even know what to start. Like, what am I really waiting for? So I've had to really pare down even what I'm giving you guys because I could literally sit here and list out air dates for new programs or re returning programs and that could take an hour <laughs> like just listing the stuff that's how much content there is and that's like that's if i include a network i mean with just streaming alone it's a it's a, a gargantuan number of, of of programs but if i included network and cable oh boy we'd be here forever y'all ain't got that kind of time i ain't got that i ain't got that kind of time so um i'm just trying to keep it as tight and uh, compact as possible. And I'm talking to you about the things that I'm really excited about seeing. You guys know I love fantasy. You know I love sci-fi. You know I love all comic stuff. Y'all know I love my good historical dramas. Y'all know that. So for the most part, that's what you're going to get. And romance. The the dark horse of uh, of shows. Um, <laughs> is I call it the dark horse because it's, it's the genre that I don't necessarily want to admit to liking. Okay? Okay. Okay. I don't want to be judged by you or anyone. It, it, it just is what it is. Okay. So I have a hard time admitting that I love romance as a genre, but I do. I love it. It 
it's 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 what it is okay so we i've i've come to it i've come to accept it it it's what's happening and we're just going to go there so romance all right fine on that note <laughs> that's top boys season 2 march 18th on netflix for number 2 the second show that i'm really excited about is Sanditon season two, which is based on Jane Austen's last unfinished novel. Let me tell you something about the fans of Sanditon, okay? After season one of Sanditon, ITV, which was the production company, decided that they didn't want to go forward with the show. The show was popular, it did fairly well, but they didn't want to take on the burden of being the sole producer. Um, the fans probably spurned on by the executives in charge of production uh, and the creative team for the show, went in on a social media campaign to get this show back. This is one of the most rabid fandoms ever. And if you are on Twitter and you tweet live tweet shows or react tweet shows like I do, they will find you because they found me, okay? And I, I actually started watching Sanditon because... I wanted more Regency era love stories and in the form of television shows that weren't Downton Abbey. Uh, nothing against Downton Abbey. I still have not watched it and I don't actually even know if Downton Abbey is in the Regency era. Maybe, maybe the late half of it, late, late half of it. But nonetheless, I, I never watched Downton Abbey. Um, but uh, I had just finished, <laughs> I had just finished uh, Bridgerton season one for like the fourth or fifth time. And I was like, okay, girl, if you don't back away from this thing, back away, back up. Like you've watched it enough times. Like we get it. You love it. Me to me, right? Me to myself. Um, find something else to watch that's going to kind of scratch this itch. And that's how I landed on Sanditon. And I have to say that I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, it was a very slow burn. It is, don't watch Sanditon thinking that you're going to get the same level of sexiness that you got in Bridgerton, it's just not there. But you are going to get love. You're a very nice, like a good love story. It's very pal palate cleansing. It's it's very sweet, uh, very earnest, you know, very Jane Austen, right? Um, and incredibly romantic. Uh, but it season one ends on a cliffhanger. So, and without necessarily the payoff that you're expecting or that you would really want for your two romantic leads, which drove me nuts because I was like, they canceled this show and I have no idea how that's going to play out for the rest of the characters. Like, what is that? Well, guess what? Because of the massive campaign that the fans uh, went in on for the show, they were able to save it. And BBC stepped in to help produce um, and had greenlit two subsequent seasons. So season two and season three are a go for Sanditon. And um, it actually airs on PBS. So let me actually get back to that. Uh, season two is going to drop on PBS uh, on, I want to say March 20th. I believe it's March 20th. Um, the show is actually already out in other regions because I just discovered this because the tweets I'm going to be, um, the tweets I'm going to share with you, not so much funny, but just kind of like, just to give you an idea. Um, when I went doing my research for this episode, 
people have already been tweeting about episode two, season two, season episode one. So it's out there already. So if you're in a part of the world where you can actually start watching it, you can actually just start watching it. In the US, it airs on PBS Masterpiece. In the UK, it'll be on the BBC, which is the partner that stepped in to produce uh, to produce it or, uh, or BritBox. How about I get myself together? So yes, it's, it is March 20th. Um, release in the US also and on BritBox and then ITV will have it um a little bit later. If you don't have PBS Masterpiece but you have uh streaming sticks like the Amazon Fire Stick, on Amazon Fire Stick I just have the PBS Masterpiece channel um as part of my package, uh my channel subscriptions. So that is how I watch it. So PBS Masterpiece in the US. So let me just kind of give you a little bit of like more backstory into season one because, uh, and season two, who's coming back. Um, after BritBox stepped in to bring back the show, we lost a couple of people and we lost one of the main characters, which was played by Theo James with his little hot self. Like, uh, 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 why? Um, I really wanted to see him come back for the show, but he has since moved on. But who is back? Rose Williams, our Charlotte Haywood, she is returning. Chris Marshall as Tom Parker, Crystal Clark as Georgina Lamb, Turlo Convery as Arthur Parker, Lily Sakos. Uh, Sakovsky as Clara Barrington and Reed as Lady Denim are all returning to the show for season two. So that will be um, awesome. And there are, there's plenty of love and romance to be had. Uh, a couple of, um, well, maybe more than a couple of potential romantic partners for Ms. Charlotte um, and her sister, uh, there's a new Haywood in the beach side town of Sanditon, and that is um, Charlotte's sister. So who also has some romantic prospects of her own. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out for our lovely little heroine, um, Charlotte, and also in, also for Georgina. It's, it's, the stakes are high for her. She needs a husband. So <laughs> let's see what happens next when Sanditon Series 2 airs on March 20th on PBS. And then there's a moment that we've all been waiting for. And by all, I mean mainly me. I, I mean me which is not really surprising because, I mean, I just mentioned it. Bridgerton season two drops on March 25th on Netflix globally. It literally became a worldwide phenomenon, this show. This show went viral as no, uh, as no one expected. And I had not, I, this show wasn't even on my radar. It was uh, a friend and colleague who, hit me up and said, okay, so I'm watching this show on Netflix and I have no idea where it's going, but I'm loving it. I think you should watch. It's called Bridgerton. And so I was like, what? And then come to find out that it's from one of my all-time favorite, and like I literally admire this woman so much, uh, Shonda Rhimes is from Shondaland. And I was like, hold up, wait a minute. How did I not know that this was a thing? And so of course I dove in head first because Shonda has produced one of my all-time favorite television shows ever which was Scandal. And when I say I love that show, I mean, I love that show. So I was all in. Then add Regency era, colorblind casting, what? 
child. Let, mm -mm. I was like, let this play out. I want to see what are we doing here? Because the last time, like, I think I've already talked about this, but the last time she did kind of like a period piece with colorblind classing, it just was not done well. It was for ABC. And I think uh, it was like based on Romeo and Juliet and it just, it didn't last. So um, I really hoped that this would have been done better. And it just was, it was, it was, it was, it was all the things. It was everything. Um, so if you're not familiar with Bridgerton, which like, I mean, come on, have you been living under a rock? Like, how could you not know? Um, if you have been living under a rock, I apologize. But um, <laughs> I don't know why you're living under a rock, but times must be rough. You might be. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I'm sorry. Don't mean to offend anybody, um, especially rock dwellers. But nonetheless, I digress. Bridgerton is a... Uh, an adaptation, adaptation of a series of novels about eight, the eight Bridgerton siblings. And each story follows an individual sibling and their quest for love. Um, the show kind of deviates from the books, which all, uh, all adaptations do, uh, in that the books are very focused on the love story and, and how it happens and all of that good stuff. So there's, you spend a lot of time with the couple, uh, whereas the show is uh, broader. There's a lot of interest in, in the supporting cast and it really is an ensemble type of storytell. And uh, so that's actually what makes, makes the show way more dynamic than the books, but I still really, really enjoyed the novels and I still have one and a half left to read. Um, but I loved the Viscount who loves me, who loved me. Um, and it follows, which follows the eldest Bridgerton, Anthony, on his loveless, because Chad, the man, oh God, he's so stuck up and just ugh, hurt, um, search for a wife. It's very duty filled. Like he just realizes it's his time. He's got to grow up and uh, he's he's got to do the right thing by his family and by his Viscountancy, Viscountcy, his station. Let's just say that, child, get it together um, and find a wife. And that brings us to the introduction of his potential match, which is Edwina Sharma. Here's the problem. Here's a problem. Edwina has an older sister who is also debuting at the same time. And her name is Kate. And if you want to bag Edwina, you got to charm Kate, right? It's one of these taming of the shrew type of situations. You guys don't know this, but... That is my favorite romantic trope. I love when they hate each other at the beginning. I love it. I love it. There's something about antagonistic lovers that just gets me freaking going. Yes. Like, I just want to see you guys work it out. Um, I was really excited about that. Huh? That came off really excited and a little bit aggressive, but it's okay. It's fine. It, it is what it is. It's what we do over here. Um... So it's kind of this like taming of the shoe type situation. Now, what they've done is they've introduced some colorblind casting here, or color conscious casting here, and they have cast two, um, well, three, I guess you could say, uh, East Indian actresses 
to portray Edwina and Kate and their mother. So they are being introduced to the town for the first time. They do not reside in London permanently, but because they are now entering their very first uh, season on the market, they are uh, deciding to take up residence um, in Mayfair so that they can be uh, paraded basically around the uh social during the social season so that they can find a uh find themselves husbands and so anthony has set his sight on the incomparable of the season who is edwina and um and everybody's after edwina but like i said if you're gonna bag edwina you gotta try to first charm kate so what could possibly go wrong literally everything <laughs> and it is so so juicy and so 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 good i will definitely be dedicating an entire episode to reviewing the second season because you know that they're not going to withhold it from us they're going to drop it all at once which is wonderful we'll be able to binge it um and then binge it and then binge it and then binge it <laughs> if you're like me that's what you're going to do because i have watched this first season now seven times <laughs> yes i said seven you will not judge me. I will not be judged by you. Anyway, um, so that, you knew that was coming. You knew I was going to do a, a review. Like now that I have a podcast, I'm going to talk about it. Um, I talked about Bridgerton in my episode from season one called I Still Love You. And yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm definitely going to be going in on this new season and I am looking forward to it. Um, I hope they keep and maintain some of the humor from the book, which is what was very surprising to me when I started reading. There was so much humor in it, whereas the show was far more serious. Um, and so I'm hoping that, that that some of that humor translates that we saw in the novels to this season, because that book was actually quite funny. There are some very hilarious moments um, in it. So um, yeah, that's that's the hit of the one that I'm most excited for which is Bridgerton season two dropping on Netflix worldwide on March 25th. Then we have the final show that I am excited for and really cannot wait to see, which is Moon Knight, which drops on Disney Plus on March 30th. This is basically the next Marvel action adventure series and it stars Oscar Isaacs. Now, can me, let me, Let's talk about him for a second. I've got a question. When did he get, when did that man get so damn sexy? When did, when did that happen? <laughs> because I just need someone to explain. Because if you didn't know, you've been watching his movies for years. And I, like, it, literally his birthday was just a couple of days ago. And I didn't know all of the shows, like, and movies that I had seen him in and that I had watched that he was already in because I just didn't connect him as Oscar to the character. Um, for example, Ex Machina. If you have not seen that, that is a really, really, really good movie. Um, Star Wars. Basically, he was in the entire last trilogy. Who the hell? Come on. Robin Hood. Yeah, the one with Russell Crowe and Kate Blanchett. Who the hell knew that? Like, what? Oh my gosh. Like, seriously, I, 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 I don't know when it happened. But what I do know is I'm here for it. Of course I'm here for it. The man is fine. Like he's, he's fine. He, there was a post I think on 
the Hollywood Reporter or Variety or Entertainment Weekly on Instagram the other day. And it was just a video of him being prepped for uh, a red carpet. I guess he was, I think it was a Moon Knight premiere, actually. He's about to walk the carpet. It was a quick video. He's just standing. The man was just standing there. Then he looked directly at the camera and winked. Look here. If he had asked me for a kidney, I would have given it to him. Immediately. <laughs> Immediately. He's just, woo. Yes. Yes, his wife is a lucky woman. Okay, and I'm going to stop lasting after someone else's husband right now. <laughs> but I just have to say, whatever he's in lately, uh, I just watched the, the card counter uh, recently. That was great. Um, if you have a chance, watch it. That's a great movie. Um, it's currently streaming for free on Amazon Prime. And uh, yeah, I, I'm here for Oscar Isaac. I am. That's yeah. So let me actually get into the show. <laughs> I don't know a whole lot about this particular uh, Marvel superhero, but um, from what I can see of his skill set and from what Disney has actually said about this particular show, it's going to be one of their darker uh, shows, which is I'm, I'm here for. Like, I, I like the actual amplification of these characters and adultifying of them a little bit, if you will, giving us something a little more meatier to, to sink our teeth into as an audience because the audience is getting older. Those who started with Iron Man, like over however many years ago, we've all gotten older, right? We've all matured. So we who have stuck around with this, uh, with Marvel and have been holding down this cinematic universe now that it has expanded into TV in the way that it has. Yeah, I think it's appropriate to try to start to introduce characters that are a little more mature, a little uh, with content that's a little bit darker. So I'm actually here for that. Um, in terms of their original programming. And I really can't see wait to see what the character does um, and how it extends and continues on, uh, continues to tell the story of, of, um, of these superheroes and in this particular universe, like what that does for the actual entire cinematic universe, including the television shows. So yeah, that's Moon Knight. And it drops on March 30th on Disney+. Plus. I hope you guys are ready because it's a lot, right? Like a lot of good stuff coming out in March. I'm ready. I hope y'all are. Up next, what's happening in Hollywood. So what's happening, Hollywood? A lot. A lot. Too much is happening. That's what's happening in Hollywood. Everything is happening. <laughs> and that's the segment. <laughs> I know I'm ridiculous. But that's what the segment is. That's the whole thing. A lot is happening. I'm going to spill some tea for you guys, I promise. But it's not going to happen in this segment because this is not what this particular episode is about. This episode is a reintroduction. Okay? So... Instead of going into all the tea happening in Hollywood, what they're producing, what's coming next, who got fired, who's moving on, etc., etc., what I am going to do is actually share with you what you might be able to watch this weekend if you're looking for a good movie. Okay? All right. So, right now, Disney Plus sent their highly anticipated love story to Toronto animated feature called Turning Red 
straight to streaming. And that dropped yesterday on Friday. So if you're looking for something family friendly um, from a Disney animated feature, jump right into Turning Red. If you're a Torontonian, I feel like and whether you've got kids, you don't got kids, like cartoons, don't like cartoons, I don't care. You need to watch the movie, okay? Give it your streaming minutes. I will be doing that. I've already ordered my popcorn. I am definitely watching Turning Red this weekend and I am looking forward to watching it, okay? So that's on Disney Plus Turning Red. Also on Disney Plus is West Side Story, the highly nominated, very well talked about um, musical, basically remake of the original West Side Story is also streaming on Disney Plus. Also, The Kingsman, which is the third movie in that series, but it's an origin story for the Kingsman um, is also streaming on Disney Plus. Disney Plus has, has really amped up uh, their content. They got some good, good, good stuff going on over there. So check those three. You have those three movies that you can choose to watch over on Disney Plus. On Amazon Prime, Spencer, um, Kristen Stewart's latest uh, biopic, I guess, of Diana, um, Princess Diana, that is, uh, the Princess Diana, is now streaming for free on Amazon Prime. You can also rent Scream. So that's the latest, last version of the film. Um, rebooted with pretty much the, a lot, well, the surviving members of the original cast, that being Nev Campbell, um, et cetera, et cetera, are back for Scream. You can rent it on Amazon Prime. Um, Peter Dinklage's latest project, Cyrano, is also available for rent on Amazon Prime. If you don't know the story of Cyrano de Bergerac and you're, this is kind of your introduction to it, watch this, but also go back and watch Roxanne with... Ooh, give me one second. Steve Martin. <laughs> Roxanne with Steve Martin. Came out in the late 80s, um, but it's like a really, really great adaptation of this particular story. There are a lot of Cyrano de Bergerac type stories. Actually, um, there's actually a modern retelling of it that aside from, well, no, this one's not this, the Peter Dinklage version is not a modern retelling. Um, but Sarah Burgess is a loser on Netflix is a modern retelling, um, that I would definitely also recommend. So these Cyrano type stories, um, it's been done many, 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 many times, but it's just a, it's a beloved kind of public domain type of story. And it gets, it just, it just continues to work. So if you're looking for something fun and interesting, um, watch Roxanne starring Steve Martin, Damon Wayans, Daryl Hannah, etc., from the late eighties. You will want a modern retelling. Sarah Burgess is a loser. And then you have um, the most recent version of the Cyrano story with Peter Dinklage. And that is also out on Amazon Prime, available for rent right now. Over on Netflix, you can jump into Project Adam, starring our favorite, one of our favorite Canucks, Ryan Reynolds, also stars Jennifer Gardner, Garner and uh, Mark Ruffalo and Zoe Saldana. It's a great cast and it's a, it's a, your total comedy action adventure story um, about 
a time traveling fighter pilot played by Ryan Reynolds who goes back to comes back to 2022 to by accident actually um and then runs into his um well not runs into but goes to find his younger 12 year old self in order to get help to salt to go on this mission and it's actually I mean I literally at the end went from like a laughing 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 to like straight crying I could be hormonal I probably am but nonetheless like it had that real sentiment to it that was just like I was like oh my god tears um but I really enjoyed it I watched it last night not gonna do a whole breakdown and review but it's available to watch right now Project Adam on Netflix over on Crave you can jump into the last uh movie in the Fast and Furious franchise Fast 9 is currently playing over on Crave so yeah I mean that's it for the what's up what's happening in Hollywood segment this season this episode y'all know that normally I'm out here spilling the tea on what's going on in Hollywood but this time I just decided to give you a, a, a rundown of what's available to watch um, on streaming services for movies this weekend Enjoy, y'all. Up next, Twitter Me Laughing. <laughs> All right. So for this particular segment, I decided to jump into tweets about Sanditon. And that's because, like I said, the fandom is real, real. Like, uh, like I said, you start tweeting about Sanditon, they will find you. <laughs> they will find you just like they found me. So... Um, as Sanditon's sister too tweeted, so this is literally based on, her tweet is based on a New York Post article talking about season two and how they ended up getting it uncanceled, et cetera, et cetera. So she's responding to that. Um, what the fans did, it wasn't just this social media campaign. This is a quote. The amount of effort and ingenuity that went into it was incredibly heartening. It spurred us on. It made at Masterpiece PBS think there really is an audience here. And it's true. They they were like rabid. They, they combing the hashtag for anyone new watching and telling you what they thought and welcoming, welcoming you to the show and, and, uh, just encouraging you to sign the petition. And yeah, like I said, a rabid fandom for Sanditon at Deb and co three tweeted. Everyone wants to, everyone needs to remember how hashtag Belinda Campbell at Red Planet TV encouraged our social media campaign to renew hashtag Sanditon, then turned on us and in the end screwed us out of our story, replaced the head writer and crapped on a fandom. I know that I will. Hashtag PBS. So someone is a little bit bitter. Now, the reason behind that is because when the series ended, everybody was really hoping for Charlotte, um, the main character, uh, played Charlotte Haywood. Who did I say she was played by? Um, played by Rose Williams would have her moment in the sun with Sydney played by Theo James, but he moved on and their story has come to an end. But the executive producer was quoted as saying, no, 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 we would definitely bring them back. We would never do that. And he's not coming back. So that's what this person is a little bitter about. But nonetheless, it was a really good story arc. It ended well. The, the actor is happy with the way that it ended he doesn't feel that there's anything more to explore and it was realistic for the time so not it doesn't always work out the way that we want it to and granted it's not a very Jane Austen ending but nonetheless it's a real one and I'm good with it so I mean but listen I wouldn't I'm I'm not mad at staring at Theo James on TV I'd be happy to do that but 
it's not going to happen. So we got to get over it. In any case, at Joy of Sanditon tweeted, don't mind me, nothing to see here, just dreaming on a Saturday night, wishing I was at a ball. And she posted two pictures from, uh, I believe this is from season one. No, I'm lying. It's from season two. See, like I said, it's already out and people are already like going nuts um, over this the new season. But yeah, that's it for this segment of Twitter Me Laughing. And it also means that this is the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for spending just a little bit of a moment with me as we talk about all things movies and television over here at Obsessible. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Don't forget to comment. Don't forget to reach out to your girl because you know we're besties and I want to hear from you. And that's it. It's your girl Nikki. This is the Obsessible Podcast and I'm out.